Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Sample Hour. I'm joined, it's actually two beers with Charles. might actually just be one beer because we both have stuff to do afterward. And I, I tend to, we tend to like, I don't know, we get a nice buzz on a lot of times we do these, but not today. Uh, Charles, what are you drinking today, sir? I am drinking uh, Three Sheeps Brewing uh, India Pale Ale, and that's from Wisconsin. Sheboygan, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. So I, um, I am drinking. So okay, so allegedly, I may be sipping on some moonshine from this guy that my cramp has been getting it from the same guy for thirty years. So allegedly, I might be doing that um, <laughs> in a in a in a smoothie because I've been trying to. I gotta. I gotta clean up my diet. I got a little. I got a little spun out of control, Charles. I'm back, I'm honing it back in. But, uh, <laughs> but anyways, good to have you on, man. It's been quite a while. And then the last time we recorded, it took me forever to edit it because my life is so crazy. So, this uh, this should be going out tomorrow. So this should be pretty quick, quick turnaround, Charles. Um, but uh, yeah, glad to have you back. We always talk. I've been. We were, we were talking before we started recording. I've been blessed to have. Um, just a lot of people reach out to me that found me via your blog and it's been nothing but a blessing for me. And I was just telling you, like, they're all like some of the most interesting characters, whether it be, um, I like to refer to him as crazy Fred, but Fred Rockenbacher, or my <laughs> buddy, uh, Tim Keefe, who's been on the show, Damon Bingman, uh, Marvin, who I've had on the show, and then just everybody else. And I just recently met up with a guy out of Michigan, uh, Matt LeBalm, and he was super interesting too. And they all kind of have a similar, like, similar story. Like, they're all trying to figure out, and some of them are further along than others, but, and it's similar to me is, you know, how do we exist within this current society? I think it's, um, you know, something I see quite a bit, like I, I have job opportunities that I keep turning down, which a lot of people think I, I'm crazy because it's it's a lot more money than I'm making. But it's just I, I just know I just know where that path goes. And one of my good buddies said to me, because I, I actually considered it at one point um, just to maybe get some save up some more money. And my my one buddy said it's, at this point, man, you're just kicking a can if you take another job like that. And then um Another opportunity fell in my lap uh, that I'm pretty happy about and I think is pretty promising, which we can get into later. But, you know, I, I just think, you know, this since we started talking, I actually uh, um, just actually went back to when I first wrote out to you to get your Skype login since Skype deleted my account. Um, and it was kind of it's cool to see how I've taken information that you put out there. And applied it into my life from your from your books and everything else like that, and a lot of people telling me the same thing. Um, like Matt, Matt had said he he totally rechanged his life based on things that he reads. And I think, um, you know, Damon, Big Man, he's been on the show a few times. Damon, he, you know, we're looking for different ways to make money because we know we know that there's a way for us to live the lifestyle that we want to have that doesn't involve corporate America. So. Um, I guess that's, that kind of sets us up with wh what we wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, um, I, I will just add that, um, you know, a lot of young people, and by young, I mean anybody uh, 
kind of like uh, from early 30s, usually uh, late 20s, mid 20s, usually people who have done the college thing or, you know, gone to college for a while or, or they got a degree or whatever. And they get out there and then they realize that it's not working out like they had um, anticipated or been told. And like so they, they want an authentic life, right? Absolutely. But how do you get it? And I just got a, an email this morning from a guy that says um, he's uh, in his late 20s and, um, you know, had took on a bunch of student uh, debt to get to go to college, didn't, didn't finish his degree. And he, he says, I, I get a lot of the concepts you're proposing. I'm reading from his email. I get the need to create value for people. I've just never really seen it done in a, quote, professional environment. Mm. And I think I thought, wow, that nails it. We're it not does. we're not creating value. And so that's why so many people are unhappy at work um, or unsatisfied with their career because they, they're not really creating value. They're just doing BS work, right? And then, yeah. Yeah, so they're not really creating. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's important to need to create. I think um, it's so well, weird. Like, I, I yeah, don't, so I, creating oh, value, right? I, and then I'm going to let you – I'm going to just kind of propose. You explain – um, in, in your life, how, how you're creating value for other people. I mean, that's really what we're doing. We're creating, yeah. but, um, you're, you're creating value because you're, you're fulfilling what other people need. And so like, you've got your farming business and, and, and marketing and you're helping people with what they need. Um, you're helping them create their, their livelihoods. And so Anyways, talk more about that because I think that's it. Creating and then creating value. Yeah, and just how you're creating value with, with the network of people hmm. that you've met that are, are trying to find some way to create value outside of corporate America because that's what people pay for is, is value. Yeah. Right? Um, man, that's a, it's, it's, I'm just trying we'll to process with, how you ask. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to yeah. see. So I think even with the podcast too, because I think with your blog yeah. and the podcast and farming, I feel like it's all, it's all together. And so I don't. Sometimes I'm blown away by the way when I meet somebody that really likes the show, how nice they are to me, how generous they are to me. And f I think for a long time it was really hard for me to receive that. Like it was really hard for me to be okay with letting somebody be so nice to me or letting somebody because I. I didn't. I couldn't understand how I was creating value for people, um, because I, I think for me personally, you know, with the farm, with I think so. I, I'm in, um, and 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 I think this should answer your question. It might be really one of my long ways of explaining it, Charles. So for me, I've I've made a lot of gains business wise via referrals because. I listen to chefs when I go in there. I think a lot of times <laughs> when people if in anything want and they just they want to have something to say. I feel like that we're in this weird this weird zone or this weird time where everybody has something to say but nobody really wants to listen or nobody knows mm. how to listen. And and I and I've been caught up in that even myself. I see it in myself. Like I it's it's hard to listen all the time. I feel like I'm a pretty good listener most of the time, but I, I can't do it all the time. And sometimes I suck at it. And, and I, But thankfully, I listen good enough most of the time. So if it's a close friend or family member or loved one, I can actually listen and hear what they're saying. 
Um, so I think that, number one, I think that's a great way to create value for people is just listening to them. And I think it's it, so, for example, with the chefs, they like me so much that they told me to raise my prices at the one restaurant. <laughs> and so I was like, OK, yeah, that we would really help. And she's like, look, you're way lower. Talk to your other restaurants and see if and everybody was fine with it. Everyone was no issue. And I bumped it up like uh, I bumped it up quite a bit. Like I bumped Excellent. it up. Yeah, I mean, it was I mean, it was like four dollars a pound for some items and eight dollars a pound for another item. Um, and so that helped. And then I picked up another restaurant and again, it's like just looking, you know, the, the biggest thing that I say to, and this one, like this was the big one that more than doubled my production. Um, and it was it. So what I had said to them when I first talked to them is, Hey, I'm, I'm here for feedback. Like I need you to be my customer and I would like you to keep being my customer. So what can I do? to keep winning your business. Like, I know you're doing this, but like, I want, I want to make our relationship constantly getting better. Like I want us to be on the same page. So, I mean, one thing today, the one sous chef had said, well, we're, we're kind of having an issue with the way you, you have the packaging and, and everybody else it's fine, but they use, they use microgreens a lot more. So I'd, I'd redone, I had some packaging for salad mix that I'm never going to use because it, just my business went in another direction, and I, I didn't really want to compete with hydro, hydroponic um, operations that are doing lettuce. And it just lettuce just seems it's just kind of boring too. Like it's people don't really it's boring stuff for a lot of chefs, and they want they want kind of cool, exciting stuff. So I got to figure out how to bring them what they want. And um, so one thing they'd said is, you know, hey, is there any way you could actually come more times during the week? And I was just thinking about it when he first said it. Like I was just like, okay, how do I? how is this a solution? This makes sense because they're getting, you know, four pounds of each thing a week. They, we could do two and two early and we have two planting days. So yeah, we should be able to do it. So I, I got home and I sat down with Rich and Rich is another guy who, you know, he's my skilled laborer who would, would have probably been homeless if he wouldn't have had a place to, if I wouldn't have said, Hey, move in. And guess what? I'd probably be really not as good at my business if he wasn't being here. So it was a nice, win-win we're both creating value for one another um and so uh him and i sat down and i said well this is what they're going and at first he was like man i don't know and he's like i can't do another planning i'm like no we don't have to they're okay on whatever schedule we set for them and what's easy for us they just are saying it would be great if it was that because they were getting um I basically stolen business from a different outfit that was north and they would get everything on Friday and it would be like 5 p.m. And it was kind of the best that they could find until I came in and they're like, OK, this product's better. It's less money. And because I was saying, you know, I want feedback, I think, you know, the chef thought, how could we make the situation better? And he told me and then I figured out how we could. So I think I think that example makes sense is like I'm I'm creating value for them because I I want, like, I want to be referred. I like getting referred. I don't like cold calling. I don't like going from restaurant to restaurant, giving out samples and having to follow up with the chef and all that stuff. I, I don't want that. I want them to feel comfortable enough with me to where they can say, hey, man, I didn't like this about your product um, this week, and here's why. So then I can listen to them and say, okay, well, that may have been because of this, you know, my apologies, and then... A lot of times, you know, I think people are kind of afraid to give and receive feedback. 
And so I think I try to just remove that barrier so we can get on a level playing field because it's like, okay, we have to be able to have good communication to work well together. So I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with people need to create value. To, in order to create value, you have to come from like a position of humility. And I think, you know, because it's it's not about it's not about an ego thing for me. Like, I mean, sometimes it's fun to have an ego and, and talk crap. But other times, you know, but most of the time it's not really beneficial. Like you, you need to be able to to be able to receive and give feedback. And a lot of times people it's it's weird because I can receive a lot of feedback, but a lot of people, even in like my community or, or anything else, like it's it's just like I, I could just see it's like, man. I'll start to give feedback and they're not and they get defensive and it's like, man, that's I'm not trying to make you be defensive. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to fix the situation right now. And I think it's you know, a lot of that is just a lot of it has to do, I think, with man, society in general. I think our school system sets people up to fail in a lot of ways um, with our with our. I mean, I could go deep down the rabbit hole why I think that is, but I think. You know, the best way for people to create value is to is to really work hard on themselves and real and be really humble and, and have some humility so they can improve or so they can say, look, I don't need this. What do I actually need? Like, this is what I actually need to live. And then once you get to a point to where you don't need corporate America to pay your bills, then you just build up from there. Yeah, you know, Drew, by saying, uh, you hit on something that I think is really profound, which is you create value by working on, on yourself, right? Yeah. And 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 I have never seen anybody say that. You know what I mean? You, you don't yeah. read it in, the, in, in sort of the business, you know, if you're going to get an MBA, then they talk about the economics of creating value and filling scarcities and blah, blah, and all that's, you know, useful and, and good stuff. But I think you really hit on something. And um, it kind of goes into the field of what I call like soft skills. Like, you know, in my book, Get a Job, Build a Real Career, my my focus was on not like, okay, no one can can tell anybody else, oh, here's the specific skill that you that's going to make you a, a living that you're going to love for the next 20, 30, 40 years or whatever. I mean, no one can do that for us, right? We have to find it ourselves. And it's it's getting harder, right? Like, it's it's like you have to change jobs and and have a mix of stuff. But what you can do is you can tell somebody, and, and it's good advice, is, hey, build your soft skills, like collaboration, listening, you know, get, being able to work with other people and get a project that, done that requires, you know, multiple players. And, you know, those kind of skills are priceless because every business on the planet is now about that. You know, everything's global, everything's collaborative, everything's changing fast. And so if you can develop those skills, then then somebody's going to recognize that value. And you're creating that value, as you say, by um by well, yeah, by focusing yeah. on soft skills in reality. I think that's it's funny that you say that because it's like, man, why have I been focusing on these soft skills? I feel like maybe I read it in a book somewhere a few years ago. <laughs> Probably your book. <laughs> well, well, you know this this when I uh, wrote this other young uh, young person, uh, you know, in, well, to me, young, but you know, obviously experienced. He's in his late twenties. He's had ten years of adulthood, and not 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 young in the sense of just out of high school, but. Um, a lot of people in that age group, I think, uh, based on the feedback I'm getting by listening or reading emails is a lot of people are floundering because it didn't work out like they, 
uh, kind of expected or the school counselor told them, well, you get a bachelor's degree in just about anything in college or, you know, biology or computer science and you're golden, you know, you're, you're going to make a ton of money. And, and, and then they find out they can't even get a job, even with a, 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 a pretty um, hard science degree like biology or maybe even computer science, you know, and certainly not economics or something like that. So, yeah, they don't have interview um, skills. They don't have um, communication skills. Like if you're a big bookworm and that's what you do, you go to this interview and somebody sits down with you and they're trying to talk to you and you're having issues articulating what you did or why you bring value to this XYZ company, then you're not going to get a job. And then so you didn't learn these soft skills in college, but you have this giant, this giant thing of debt that's just waiting. It's waiting to start charging you and collecting interest on it. And man, it's a, well, it's, a it's a crappy situation for a lot of kid, for a lot of young people. Right, and they and as you say, the the school system and the university system has failed them. But what what you're doing, you are living two of the critical elements that I suggest that people you know look at or pursue. And you've already, what you've done is you've taken a huge. Um, expense a cost factor in your life which is housing you know and that's becoming more and more expensive for virtually everybody and you kind of nailed that down to where it's fixed and then you've got somebody else helping you pay that bill so you you've you've attacked the largest single expense in most people's lives and you've reduced it and you've fixed it so it's um in other words it's it's not going to be rising like rent you know mm-hmm. because you're a homeowner and so that is like something i recommended to this this Oh, I recommend to everybody like create value in your housing situation. You know, like if you can't buy, then um, get in with somebody who owns and create value for them. Like you know, maintain their place or or you know, and somehow help so that you'll get a reduced uh, housing. Well, expense. like Rich, Rich just trades me twenty hours a week in labor, which it's usually more because he likes working with me and he believes what I'm doing, believes in what I'm doing, and he's helped me out quite a bit, but. He's, you know, he's older than me and it's, you know, we get stupid fights here and there, but I have a 710 square foot house. I mean, we're in pretty close quarters. And, uh, so, you know, it, it took a while to get used to it. And I remember even had a listener say, yeah, man, I was really wondering about you when you did that, but it sounds like it's working out well. And I go, yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty crazy decision, but it, it made sense and it's continued to make sense. I mean, you know, it's, it's not been a, a walk in the park the whole time, I and mean, we've had to work at not killing each other. We've gotten in stupid fights, and but you know what? It it, it it was something I needed to be uncomfortable. Like you have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. And for me, it was like, well, this is going to force me. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uncomfortable uh, is is good in the sense that if we can just stay on cruise control, then we don't learn anything. But uh, the other thing you're doing that I think is super value creation is you're building this network. And I often say like, trust your network, not the government or the institution, right? That's what everybody trusts the government or the institution they they're working for the corporation or the university or whatever. And it's all like, no, don't trust those guys. They don't have your interest at heart. They're just this big bureaucratic machine that, that basically grinds people up, you know? And so trust your own network and you're, you've built a fabulous network and um, it's something that I, I totally am simpatico with you when you say that you don't really, um, you know, it's kind of hard to go to understand how valuable your network is, not just to yourself, but to everybody else who listens to the podcast. 
And um, so, yeah, and I had the same kind of feeling. Like I thought, well, you know, I, what am I doing? I'm just some some guy that you know spews out some you know writing and what and and where's the value there? But the value is really in our network, the yeah. people we know that have come that have been attracted to us. They're the ones. That, it's our network that's creating a lot of value. And so you have, um, you have the personality and the openness, you know. Um, to, to create this network and you have the podcast. And so, you know, probably for everybody that, you know, has listened to the podcast, there's 10 other people that, um, you know, you might run into in the future who've been listening or whatever, you know? And so you've got this major, major, uh, network. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty profound and actually just even doing what I'm doing, like trusting your network. So this was something that was pretty cool. Um, my buddy Brett, he was doing this uh, this uh, school sucks across America. He's he has a podcast called the School Sucks Project, <laughs> and he's a he's a great friend. And uh, so he was driving across. He was going to do this uh, Renegade University event with Thaddeus Russell. Thaddeus Russell was uh, he wrote the Renegade History of the United States. He's writing another book now, and I I'm a big fan of Thad. Thad uh, he rubbed a lot of people wrong on his last appearance on Rogan. But if they check him out on my show, a lot of people said, oh. I like him a lot better now after I listen to him on your show. I'm like, yeah, it's he's just a like I've had good college professors and I know the way they like to challenge people and I think he's rubbed people wrong in the ways he's done it. But anyways, to not get too distracted, I said to Brett, "Hey, you can come stay with me. You'll you can sleep in my bed if you want. I'll you know, I got plenty of good I got freezers full of great pig and I got microgreens. You'll get it. You know, you have a great place to eat. You can do laundry here, do whatever you need. I'm, I got your back. So we did a big event here. And um, one of the listeners that listened to his show had found me originally through his show. But I know he reads, I'm pretty sure he, he reads your blog too. And um, just so it was just kind of, you know, this big thing of trusting my network um, is that I, I'm on the same page. Like I think everything you need is you're going to find based on the people that you're interacting with on a daily basis or we'll find somebody and then you'll just keep going. And I've really trusted my network um, or just trusted, you know, being aware of this. Um, like I, I got first got involved in this in the main restaurants because I was dating some girl, um, which a lot of my friends said it's probably not a good idea to the dater because you know, I was, I was drinking a lot more cause she worked at a bar, but I met this guy who worked at the restaurant him and I hit it off and I won him over. Then he got me in a, in, in the same room with these, with these chefs that now I work with and I don't date her anymore and he doesn't work there anymore. So sometimes <laughs> things just, things just fall into place for you and you just have to be aware of, of that. Hey, there's an opportunity knocking. You just have to look at it and you just have to see it. So, um, so Jess, he had, introduced me to i mean so jess had actually been able to connect me with uh some people at the main farmer's market that i thought about getting into and then i actually don't i decided not to go that direction um with that farmer's market just because there's a i i'm kind of i'm kind of rolling the dice i'm going to bet on a, a a newer area well an area that's building quite rapidly and um one of the vendors there kind of sold me on the market. He's a cool, cool guy that makes pies. But anyways, um, but just that event, like, so the point of what I'm saying is because I was living my life and, and doing things that I wanted to do and kind of like in that direction of 
trusting my network, uh, my network brought me to relationships that I had no idea by helping my buddy at about a podcast called School Sucks, that through that, I'd get introduced to other people that could help me locally. Like I had an idea because whenever you get around other like-minded individuals, you're going to have a lot similar interests. Um, and that's something I've realized just through different participating and meeting people in real life or not in real life, but I guess in, um, away from keyboard, um, where when you find people with common interests on the internet, like whether it's people that read your blog or probably people that don't know each other that listen to my show or listen to Brett's show, you're going to find that you have a lot in common with them and it's going to be pretty weird at first. And then it's going to be, well, there's a reason why we both like this smaller niche programming or why, why it found us or we found it. So, um, that's, that's kind of my point on trusting your network. Cause I, I think it's sometimes you, you're not going to really, I don't even understand how, how it works, but I mean, if I have faith in something, I have faith in my network and my friends and myself. Yeah. And I guess we could, um, you know, we could, we could talk about, um, uh, why networks are so valuable and um you know i i just off the top of my head i can say that if you go to work for a major institution or a bureaucracy like the government you know they have everything it's 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 fixed in concrete in other words this is the procedure this is your workflow this is your manual you read your manual you do this xyz process for the rest of your career and if you're really lucky then we'll advance you to where you know you will be in in a position of trying to force a bunch of people who hate their work to do to be productive and it's all like where's the dynamism where's the where's the messiness where's the chaos where's the um the process of growing and um creativity yeah and, and it's and of course that's the problem with those jobs and why people who have them you know i i have to tell you drew and i'm curious if you have the same um experience I have never heard a single person who worked for a government agency, um, a typical government agency, having to do with insurance or something like that, or any other like corporate bureaucracy, that they said, oh, I love my work. I can hardly wait. I mean, I look forward to going to work. I can hardly wait to get there. I, all I hear is complaints yeah. about they're, they're psychopathic bosses, you know, because it's like, um, you know, the Peter principle, you know, whenever a bureaucracy locates a person who's psychopathic and a horrible supervisor, they can't get rid of them. So they have to kick them upstairs. So they move to the next highest level of management. And so then you've got complete losers or psychopaths in charge of virtually every bureaucracy in the United States. Yeah. And it's like, who wants to work for that? But people get seduced by the dark side. And I, I can't do a, a Darth Vader voice, but um, <laughs> they get they get seduced by the dark side, which is you're going to get these benefits, you know, and then and you're going to slave away if you guts out this steady job paycheck. you hate for 30 years. Yeah, you get a steady paycheck and you might get a pension or whatever. And so there, I'm sure there are people who enjoy their work. Like and 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 for instance, if you work for the National Park Service and you're restoring habitats in the national parks, you probably have a very satisfying job. Okay, I mean, I'm sure there are niches in the the greater governmental bureaucracy and corporate America that are really exciting and and uh, you feel like you're really contributing. But the vast majority of people don't get those experiences. And so, when we say we're trusting our network, we're really saying we trust chaos. Yeah. We trust messiness 
because it isn't going to be linear. Lots of times, I mean, I look back over my like fifth, um, 49 years of, of work career and you go, wow, I blew it. I should have accepted that um, what seemed to be kind of crappy uh, job at the time, like it was just a work trade or something like that. But looking back, I go, wow, I, I would have met a bunch of different people that probably would have advanced my my writing career with a lot less work on my part. You know, and so I'm just saying we're, we're talking about how your network introduces you to opportunities. Most of them are going to be dead ends. That's okay. That's the way it is. That's the process in the real world, right? You want yeah. some guarantee? That doesn't exist. No. No, it's something else you said, like, it's it's not linear. Like, nothing is linear. Like, it's like, yeah. even like, uh, I mean, Thomas Kuhn famously pointed this out in the structure of scientific revolutions that, you know, everybody thinks that science is this linear progression of human understanding. And it's like, that's not how humans operate. We don't, no. we don't operate linearly. We operate in chaos. And it's and, yeah. we, and we don't understand our chaos and we don't understand the why order comes from it and we don't understand a lot of things, but you don't have to. Like you just That's have right. to pay attention and you just have to kind of hold on and say, Okay, is this gonna benefit me? Is this gonna help me help others in my life? Is this gonna is this gonna help me help you know how is you know, how is and I think, you know, people lose sight of it and I think it goes back to, you know, focusing on bettering you. Because that puts you in a position to help other people. And it really puts you in a position to be able to pay attention and, and connect some dots for people. I think, um, you know, Rich and I were talking the other day because Rich and I, are, we're very different. Like Rich, Rich, um, he's a lot more organized. He's very, he's very methodical. And he's very, like you know, he's, he's, he is very creative. Um, and like, you know, but him and I just operate very differently. Like he, he, like we we can definitely ruffle each other's feathers at times and um he he understands like you know something he said to me like for him he really is passionate about growing plants and farming and um i'm really not like i i think it's cool and i think it's a cool business and i think it's cool to say what's that and to me it's a it's a great networking uh it's a great lead in for a networking thing or to meet people it's like yeah i make a living off a 15th of an acre i had a sales background and i just was trying different businesses and then when i got laid off this is the one that i had running so that's what i did and and i and you know and i i made sure that i networked in the top of who i could find in small scale farming um and i try to connect dots you know people ask me questions about how to grow things now and i i really don't know a lot i mean i know enough and i know people that do know a lot so I'll just plug them into people that like talking to them about that. And they get all excited and it's a win-win. And that was something Rich said he had done. Um, and he understood why I enjoy networking and making connections for other people so much just because of the feeling. Like he had he had two people that could help each other out and he, he made, a, made a connection for them. And they were both pretty happy about it. And he was happy about it. And it's like, man, yeah, it's it feels good. Like I feel uh, I feel like I need to be... You know, if I'm not in love and chasing a woman, I need to be, you know, chasing an opportunity or chasing uh, uh, an, an opportunity to, to help other people with their own business or, or connect dots for people. I feel like connecting dots is like one of my because I feel like that's that's the best way to describe it when you're building a network is just connecting dots like you're you're literally just just pulling dots like connecting zigzag lines through chaos. And I feel like 
that's for me i mean that's that's what i get that's what i'm trying that's what i've been trying to figure out how to make money from and i feel like i'm finally starting to do it yeah and of course it takes a while um to develop and and um i i wanted to comment on two things when you talk about connecting dots i think you're absolutely right but um i would say go maybe one step to the side of that is um we know about networks like, you know, you draw a bunch of uh, nodes, right? In other words, mm -hmm. these are where a bunch of people connect and it can be a cell phone tower or it can be like a corporate headquarters or, you know, there's lots of different models of, of nodes and, and networks and, and pieces of the network. And by creating your podcast and by being involved in everything from, um, you know, marketing to uh, comedy the comedy. Shows, sneaker, yeah. sneaker business. Yeah. You are a node. In other words, a lot of people connect through you. And so, um, you know, we can we can call you like kind of like a super user or a node, you know, like in other words, without really being aware of it, you know, you're, you're connecting a lot of other people. You're kind of functioning as a node. And of course, those of us who aren't that good at that, we want to to know people like you because it's it's you're the the kind of um, wealth, if you will, of contacts. And then, and then the uh, people who aren't so good at networking, then if if we know people like you, then we get into your network, and then we have value because um, you can turn us on to other people or connect dots that we would not otherwise be able to find on our own. And yeah. there's a person trust, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That made me think of a lot of different things, Charles, because I get, uh, that's like one of the things I'm, I struggle with the podcast a lot sometimes because I've been doing it for so long and it's hard to not, it's it's hard to, to continuously feel excited about, like I was excited to talk to you. I think whenever I talk to you, I get really excited about it. And I was like, man, I need another session with Charles because it's like, <laughs> because it's like I, I do, it's it's so, for me, like I, I know that the way if you want to build a, a podcast fast, you, you niche it down to something and then you make it no longer than 15 minutes. Like it's a lot easier to get downloads, a lot easier to get subscribers because people can justify that and it's competing. But it's like that's not th those aren't really my goals. Like I, I would like to make money from the podcast so it pays for itself. Um, but for me, it's always been about networking and it's always been about me having a way to, to, to kind of record where I'm at in my life or what I'm doing in my life. So if I could keep this going, you know, the day I have kids and they want to go back and listen and figure out who I was or grandkids or anything, to me, it's way cooler to have that out there in, in the mind of, of that. Or um, So it's, it's out there. So, you know, I, I'm existing within the Internet and people can find me and people can talk to me. And that's so exciting for me. It's so exciting to meet somebody that listened to me. Just like what you say, like, I just feel like I'm throwing some words on paper about my opinions that people seem to really like them. And it's like the, the same thing. Like, I feel like, yeah, I just talk into a microphone a lot of times. And uh, one listener said a lot of times I, they feel like I hide behind my guests. I'm like, yeah, I, I believe that too. And it's, and it's you know, I'm not it, – it's, it's just interesting to kind of think – think about and hear you put things that way because i don't i really don't always see it that way but then it's like okay well look at your look at your life like most of my friends i met via the internet or i've met either through this podcast or through communities that i've used the podcast to become a part of and i and i think it's um and it 
because you know I'm a huge believer in that you're the sum five total. You're the sum total of the five people you talk to the most or spend the most time with. And it's like you know I, I'm really selective with who who I spend a ton of time with for that reason because it's like you know I can love people, but if I don't feel like we're always heading in the same direction, my time might might get limited with those people because I'm trying to you know go from point A to point B in another direction. And it's not anything bad against those people. I mean, it's just you have to surround yourself and align yourself with people that are going in a similar direction through this chaos. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And um, I, I, I relate to what you just said in terms of music because, you know, uh, some 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 guys I know my that are I consider, you know, close friends, but they sort of like like to play music in a certain way they they get together they drink beer they smoke um a little weed and and um, you know medicinal of course because they got licenses totally legal um <laughs> and they kind of play the same tunes they played like 20 30 years ago and so i have a limited appetite for that kind of thing like i want to grow as a musician you know and i'm not that good but nonetheless the, the joy in life uh, you know in creating is getting better at something or learning something new and and wherever you're at you know like um i'm probably you know uh, the 50 millionth um best guitarist out of 51 million or something right <laughs> but you still the pleasure in life is learning right and and um that's the pleasure of travel or or getting better at something and so anyways i want to play like with people who are going to teach me more yeah and and so that's what you're basically saying is you want to be with people who are going to teach you more than you know now and, and accompany you on your own path of growth as opposed to kind of just rewinding and playing the same old stuff. You know, it's um, th- th- there's a limit to that, you know. And, and so, yeah, you, you have an appetite for new experience then you also have an appetite for learning. And, um, and so, yeah. And it's, it's funny that um, I'm going to read you a quote, uh, one of my favorite quotes from Jerry Garcia, you know, gr- great philosopher, poor guy, you know, got, got, um, got hung up on, on, um, on, uh, you know, heroin. Yeah, yeah. heroin. And, and, um, but um, he said, you do not merely want to be considered just the best of the best. You want to be considered the only one who does what you do. And so, in other words, I I really like that because it's it's like for you and your podcast you're not really competing with other podcasters you know no. you're simply you, you know you're the only one who does what you do and so when you were t- I mentioned that because you were talking about you know if you want to compete for for volume you know like the number of downloads you get or something then you tailor your show it's twelve and a half minutes long and and you know. Um, you have an Instagram account that you're constantly pumping the podcast on and, you know, blah, blah, all that stuff. But neither of us really are into that. You know, like I never really, I don't have a marketing plan. I simply write what I think is the, the, the best I can do on a particular topic and then I throw it out there and then whatever happens, happens, you know. And that's, I totally agree with your your podcast philosophy, which is why I like being on on, on your show is we get into like the personal aspect of all these abstractions, like the economy and, and, um, and, and, you know, how to, how to make a living in an economy that's changing rapidly and that doesn't really serve most people well, you know, in other words, most people are frustrated and unhappy and stressed out. And it's all like, well, gee, that really is a tragedy. You know, the economy doesn't, isn't really a humane economy. It doesn't really meet most people's needs to feel, um, creative, meaningful, uh, you know, and, and have purpose in life. Right. It's, it's like a, it's a rotten system. That's the truth. 
And so we're trying to br- break out and, and make and find satisfaction within this system. Yeah, because, you know, it'd be easy to just, um, it, man, it'd be, it'd be easy to just point out fraud all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Fraud and deceit. I mean, yeah. it's like shooting a barrel. Yeah, and I, I, it's, 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 it's interesting because I, I felt, even, man, when I was starting on this, uh, I had a lot of doubt going into the first year and I was, I was still in unemployment and I was like, man, what am I going to do when this money goes away? And then it was like, you know, gut check time. And then, <laughs> you know, you, you, I doubt it a lot. Like, man, is it, is it possible to run a, a business without it being like a money laundering scheme or being like, you know, something fraudulent. And then I started doing it and I was like, yeah, it is, you know, it might not grow as fast, but that's okay. I think, I think a lot of times people want, they just chase, they chase their dream so hard of where they want to be is that they, they don't realize that you're missing what the process is going to teach you. And, and I think it's, it's the one thing of why, like I'm, I'm starting this new opportunity is because, you know, farm, farm, you can make money in farming for sure. But I think, you know, a lot of times people, People are getting sold on, and I was kind of sold on it. Like you know, this one guy, Curtis Stone, he's making like a hundred grand on a third of an acre. But man, it's also like his eighth year, and he's had time to dial stuff in, and he barely made any money his first couple years, and did a lot of things wrong, and figured it out. And I think that's you know, so for me, it's 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 knowing that hey, you know, I'm making. Once I started actually getting checks from the new the new restaurant I picked up, I'm making about 500 a week in the winter time without farmer's markets. And that feels, it feels pretty good. And I mean, but you know, I still have to set aside money for taxes and expenses and everything, but you know, it, it feels good to know that I don't have to punch a clock for anybody. Like I, I, you know, I, I don't, it doesn't take me a ton of time because I leveraged my home because I wanted my home to be a real asset and not be, something that I just throw money into constantly. Um, I wanted it to produce money. And I think so, you know, it, it was just, let's take these ideas that you've written about and other people have written about and let's try to live them. And I think, in, and you know, you encouraged me big time from the first time I talked to you. And it was, uh, and I think that's, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's the key is being, wanting to be different, but also like being okay with, like my life, my life now, I feel like it's like, it, it's so, it sounds so crazy. It just sounds so weird. And it's, <laughs> and that's what makes it fun. Like, it's like, you know, all these other people I got laid off with, I just watched them. And I, so I put on uh, LinkedIn, as you saw too, I put on yeah. the thing that I'm a note investor. And most people think that I got a brand new job. And you were like, Hey, tell me about the new opportunity. And it was like, and I was like, Charles is the first person that got that. This is, this is just a new opportunity. And, um, and so that was, that was just kind of it. It was like, you know, yeah, it's a new opportunity that fell in my lap that made sense. And it, it was going to line up with my skill set. And it came to me through my network and my soft skills. You know what I mean? So I think, uh, it's exciting. I mean, it, it could, I might not make any money from it, but I'm excited about it right now. And I'm still excited about farming, but that, you know, but things will take time, but now I have the time to pursue them. Yeah. And, um, I just want to comment that, you know, 
when you when you help connect dots for people, you're mentoring them in a way. And um, you know, mentoring is something that is is uh, very rewarding. But you know, you have to have a you have to be a node. You know, you have to be kind of a network like you have to in order to mentor people properly. You know, if you're just an isolated guy. Um, and more like me, just sitting at a keyboard most of the time, then you don't really have the ability to, to mentor people. You can you can help, the, but it's really the network connections that really help people make money. You know, get a position or get an opportunity or or find somebody else who will mentor them in a specific skill. So you're mentoring people, and I um, I I've, I'm I have great admiration for that because. You know, if you don't have a mentor in life, then you have to mentor yourself. And that's kind of how I've had to do it. And you make a ton of mistakes because you don't know anything, right? I mean, <laughs> you, how do you mentor yourself when you're starting from zero? You know, and it is, it's tough. And so everything you've learned um, helps you mentor other people. And um, even if they're just uh, peers, you know, even if they're the same age or older than you, it doesn't matter. Your experience is, is the wealth, the richness, you know, of your life is all the different experiences you have. And so... Um, yeah, mentoring is satisfactory, you know, and satisfying. And, um, so I'm, I, I applaud you for doing that. Well, I didn't, I don't know that I'm, I'm, I, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, this new opportunity was, is, is something that, you know, I found somebody that could teach me something, but I think, I think through the show and just through my willingness to fail, I think is, is where my mentorship comes from because it's like, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I work at that pizza shop too, um, and it's nice talking to younger younger guys just about stuff. I mean, like, I don't hang out with them a lot outside of work. But when I'm there, like, I make sure I know that, hey, we work together. So I want this to be a good experience for me. So I need to make sure you're having a good experience because it's going to be really crappy for me if you're miserable. So we've got <laughs> to fix that right now. And it's like, but it's all like a self-interest base. Like, I don't, I don't have, I don't believe in... I mean, I, I get, I mean, I get, it's, you know, I, I get really sick of people's morals and it's like, man, just, just it, how, how does this serve you? And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, you have to look at your life and everything that you're doing. And if you're miserable in something that you're doing, ask, you know, how is this serving you? And is it actually even worth it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, that uh, Steve Jobs, you know, former uh, CEO of Apple, uh, and, um, you know, he gave us famous uh, talk uh, to the graduating class of Stanford or someplace like that. <clears throat> and, um, and he, you know, he famously didn't graduate from college. You know, he found the whole thing interesting, and then he took what he thought was interesting, and then he bailed. <laughs> and uh, that's a pretty good approach, you know. I mean, but his he, the, the the topic of his talk, and I, I have a copy somewhere on on my PC because I think uh, it's something I reread every couple of years, to, and I find new value there. Is he said, you know, we don't know where the value, the connection uh, is going to happen in, in, in each of our experiences and what we learn. And so you just, you, you pile up the experiences and um, they'll pay off at some future point in ways that we can't predict. And, you know, for him, it was like he studied calligraphy at, um, in, in college. And it was just sort of like a weird art class that he was fascinated with. And um, there was, it was a complete dead end. Like no one was going to pay, you know, young Steve Jobs to, you know, um, develop a new font or, you know, whatever you do as a calligrapher. 
But he took that and then he uh, included all these different fonts in the first Macintosh back in, in 83 or 4. And, um, and that was revolutionary. Like we didn't have to stare at a stupid purple colored screen and have one, um, one font. You could actually pick like between eight fonts or whatever. And so it, it revolutionized desktop publishing and all this other stuff. And so that's a good um, – that's, of course, an example from a famous guy who became a billionaire. But we can find examples in our own lives. And so I think that's kind of what you're speaking to is all these different experiences you've, you've had because you've sought out uh, experiences and, and are willing to fail. And Steve Jobs did fail. I mean he failed a lot. He got fired from Apple. You know, he was yeah. – kind of a jerk and he didn't he was over his head and he got fired for good reason and uh <laughs> so that was a painful learning experience but that was necessary so anyways um speak to that you know how how the experiences you've piled up come back and and you can draw on them in in, in unexpected ways well being a door guy i never thought it would be something that i would take with me or like running security at a nightclub or being a part of that. Like I remember when I first started doing that and I just was like, yeah, this is cool. It pays me money. And then we started doing comedy shows in Toronto and we needed somebody to work the door to like look at tickets and put wristbands on people and stuff like that. And it's like, well, when you're an entrepreneur, you got to wear mini hats and guess what? I've done this. So it wasn't overwhelming for me because I had the experience and it's like, you know, that's the nice thing about entrepreneurship is that, you know, it doesn't matter what little shitty job you've done, whether it's taking orders, being a server or anything like you, you learn skills along the way. And these skills always come with you and they, they rear their head and spots when you don't expect and you're happy that you have them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, we're, we're really talking about embracing you know, a kind of messiness that, um, that people shy away from, you know, in other words, people are afraid of, of, of change and of failing, but you miss out on a lot being afraid, you know, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm afraid of, of, of a lot of things or, or wary or cautious and, um, you know, but I, and I tell myself, you know, uh, uh this is a famous line from, um, Andy Grove, who was CEO of, of Intel, and he said, um, you know, only the paranoid survive. And um, as an entrepreneur, he, you know, what he really meant was don't rest on your laurels. Don't think that you've got it made, you know, that you, you've, you've beat the world and now, you, you know, you're set. It's like, no, there is no such thing as being set. You know, it's like the world is too dynamic. And so you've constantly got to be willing to learn, willing to fail, and um, open to new ideas. And I'll tell you real quickly, you know, a lot of the people that I know in the sort of blogosphere or alternative media, they are um, getting hit with, with massive reductions in advertising income. In other words, Facebook and Google are taking a lot more of, of whatever advertising money is out there. People are using ad blockers. Um, which means that the you know individual site owners aren't aren't collecting as much revenue. In fact, they're falling like by half or two thirds. So if you were dependent on ad ad revenues on your site or blog or, uh, or social media, you just got killed. Yeah. And a lot of people are getting killed. Like people who who built up a nice little business on YouTube. Now YouTube has has axed all that and um, and reduced the uh, the money that actually flows to you know people creating the content. You you got to be adaptive, you know. And I and I'm I'm just again I thank 
um, I thank the stars that I had the kind of common sense or whatever. Maybe it was, um, you know, the school of hard knocks, but it was like, I, I try to have like three or four income streams. Yeah. So that if one thing starts going away for whatever reason that you're not, um, you're not going to suffer a catastrophic loss. Yeah. I, I feel, I, I definitely have many hustles going on. I mean, the podcast <laughs> brings in a little bit and pays, pays for my internet bill and it pays for its, uh, the hosting and that's all I can really afford to pay with that money right now. So the podcast keeps going. And, um, but you know, I, I think the income streams is huge. I think, you know, the farming, who knows, all the chefs could decide microgreens are stupid and I could just not have any customers in a couple of weeks. I don't think that's going to be the case, but you never know. So, I mean, that's why I'm going in this new note business. I'm going to learn the note, the note aspect of real estate and it, Seems really fun and exciting, so I'm going to do that for a little bit. And then once I make some money from that, I'll probably see something else that's really cool and exciting. And I think that's just what you have to do. I think, you know, I, I the jobs aren't going to be around for much longer, in my opinion. I mean, not, not well-paying jobs. I mean, you, you'll still be able to find them, but I, I think that, you know, you, you, I don't know why you would want that. I mean, maybe, you know, if I had a kid, it'd be a totally different situation for sure. If I had a family, um, you know, I have a, I have a friend I know from the farmer's market. He does, he makes his own dog food and he's got some cool business ideas and he's, you know, he's, he's an entrepreneur at heart and he's got a couple kids and a wife, but you know, his, his whole family, his dad supports him. His dad helps him run his business and is always there. And it's cool to see, like he can make it work cause he has a good support system so I think, you know, it ties into the the network and everything else like that. Like, you, you you know, humans, we're not very good or very smart on our own, but we're pretty powerful when we join together and we could be pretty smart together. So I think that's what people need to remember. I mean, it's easy to want to just do it all on your own, but, man, it's so much easier when you have a lot of other people around to help you. Yeah, that's right. And, um you know, I totally rely on, on my network to give me advice and, and brainstorm, you know, because if, mm-hmm. if you have people you can brainstorm with, maybe you set nine of the 10 ideas they presented to you aside, but they, they helped spark your thinking. And then if you, you'll pick up the one that really works for you and it was like, wow, I would never have thought of that on my own because, you know, yeah, you're right. We're, we're limited. And, you know, it's funny too, that, you know, we, you mentioned, um, uh, romance and, um, you know, the funny thing about romance is it's also messy and chaotic, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you want like a predictable relationship, um, you're, 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 that's not really the, that's not really the, the kind of relationship that's probably going to last because there has to be some dy- dynamism and kind of unpredictability in, in your relationship with another person that, um, you know, keeps you, uh, you know, a little off balance and, um, and, uh, you know, interested, yeah. <laughs> and, and we got to be interested in our work and we got to be interested in our network and we got to be interested in, in who we're with. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Charles, I yeah. think that's a great way to end the show. I mean, I, I did want to pick your brain about currency that we did have some questions. So you have, we have, to, <laughs> we might have to do it another time. We'll do that for a Patreon show or something. We'll get uh, Charles's opinions on the dollar and cryptocurrency and, and interest rates and all that fun stuff. 
Yeah, um, let's do a Patreon show on that. Absolutely. There's a lot of value there. And, and not that I'm an expert, but um, yeah, I'm a node too. Like I get, you know, I, a lot of networks come through my site. So yeah, absolutely. I, can, I, I love speaking to talk. I, I'd love to speak to those topics. Sounds good. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Go to uh, ofTwoMinds.com. Check out Charles's um, Charles's blog. You can subscribe. I use Feedly, but he also has a nice mobile platform. You can also find Charles on Zero Hedge and MaxKaiser.com and probably countless other places are probably reposting your blog as well. Some maybe even without your knowledge, Charles. Probably. <laughs> but uh, anyways... Uh, Check out Charles's work there. And um, yeah, I think that's it, right, Charles? What do you think? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, come. I got a free free samples of all my books. You can read a couple pages, see if you're interested. That's and, uh, right. Click on the notes in the show notes. I have the audio books. If you guys want to listen to those for free and start up a new Audible account, I kick the Audible affiliate ship because it sucked, Charles. So I guess oh, I'm sorry have, to hear that. Oh, no, it's, it's totally okay. They make it super easy. For people to get a free book, but they make it super hard for them to get a free book if, if they're going to pay you. Like, I don't understand why, but uh, if they want to, they could do it through the affiliate site. But I'll have links so you could just download the books as well, because I think Charles's books are worthwhile. And I honestly don't care. It's, it's more fun to make fun of Amazon's affiliate program than anything else for Audible. <laughs> for audible you know so but anyways guys thanks again for tuning in check out those links in the show notes and uh read charles's books and uh i hope you guys make it a great day and last but not least guys go to naturesimagefarm.com and use code word sample get 10 percent off small cell b nukes pickup only and 10 percent off and free shipping for fruit and nut tree bundles okay guys i hope you enjoyed this show looking forward to bringing you another one soon